Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Father, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. There is none like you. Matter of fact, we searched all over and could find none like you. And for that, God, we give you thanks. You truly are all that matters. What a beautiful song of worship. He truly is all that matters. I don't know where you are in your homes, but somebody needs to declare that he's all that matters. Hallelujah. Sweet presence of worship in this place. If you could, wherever you are, I want you to take your Bibles and go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I want to look at verses 19 through 24. James chapter 2. I've been on this series called To Him Who Believes. We've been discussing and dialoguing around this subject called faith. So I want us to go to James chapter 2. Those of us who are in the sanctuary, in reverence of God's holy word, if you don't mind standing to your feet. James chapter 2, verses 19 through 24. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 21 says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Somebody this morning just simply needs to believe God and he was called the friend of God. And verse 24 says, and you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. I want to look at verse number 20 again. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? I want to minister from this subject, the surety in faith. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The surety or, or better yet, our surety in faith. Our ability to rest in our faith is dependent upon us to receive reassurance concerning our faith. I hope y'all just heard what I said. My ability to have this level of rest or peace in faith is dependent upon my ability to have reassurance in my faith. In other words, we need surety in faith. And herein lies one of the most difficult problems for believers as Hebrew 11 and 1 declares, is resting our faith in things that are hoped for and watch this, in things that are not seen. That, that, that's a difficult thing to do as a believer that I've got to rest my hope in things that are not seen. Uh, our faith is dependent upon that which is not seen and it can cause many to discredit its surety. It's surety. Brandon, if you'll do me a favor, I, I, I don't need a fan this morning. In, in other words, in times of faith, we wrestle with questions like this. 
Will what I'm hoping God for ever be seen? Will, will what I'm trusting God for ever manifest? And what am I'm depending on God for ever come to pass? I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm a pastor and I still wrestle with those kind of questions. I, I don't know if I have this level of, of surety in the things that I'm hoping for, in the things that I'm trusting God for, in the things that I'm depending on God for. Because no believer hear this wants to stand on faith, seek in faith and submit by faith in vain. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to seek in faith in vain. I don't want to stand on faith in vain, and I don't want to submit by faith in vain. And when faith cannot be perceived in the natural, we need to be able to receive reassurance of our promise in the spirit. In other words, surety, surety. Because the surety of our faith is what causes our faith to not be in vain. And, and, and somebody may be saying, why, Pastor Keith, is this surety in our faith so significant? Because standing in faith, seeking in faith, and submitting by faith should never be a risk of a believer. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I'm going to move by faith, it should never be that I'm taking a risk in God. I, I, God. In God, there should be no risk. I know we got a few folk in the sanctuary say there should be no risk in God. Ah, there should be no risk in God. In other words, walking in faith is my only recourse as a believer. The Bible declares the just shall live by faith. Faith is required of the believer. So notice this. Faith is my only recourse. I don't know what you thought this journey would be, but faith is your only recourse as a believer. And hear this, one definition of the word surety is a person who takes responsibilities for another's undertaking. I want to say that definition again. One definition of surety is a person who takes responsibility for another's undertaking. We may not like this, but this means whatever we're hoping God for is not solely dependent upon us. And this is why Hebrews 7.22 declares, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. So this means the surety of our faith rests on Christ and Christ alone. Uh, Christ is our surety in faith. He guarantees that which we're hoping for will manifest. I hope y'all stand with me because that's good news to me. Uh, because even in the natural, y'all know anybody who signs as a guarantor in the natural, you know sometimes if your credit not good, you need somebody to sign as a guarantor. In other words, assured it. And many of us, when we have people sign um, loan notes and things for us, we don't necessarily have full confidence in their ability to fulfill the promise. And many of us watch this don't have confidence in their faithfulness to fulfill the promise because you know focus sign off on stuff one day and then say no nah, Keith I think I would rather not the next day but not so much with God Christ says no nah, I'm full I'm the one watch this Christ is the one who's a promise keeper that's 2nd Corinthians 1:20. he's full of provision that's Psalm 24 and 1 and watch this he's also has all power in his hands that's Matthew 28 18 this means it's not the Lord's ability that we should be concerned about when it comes to our faith. It's our, uh, 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 what we should be concerned about. Will the Lord come in covenant with my confession of faith? I, I, I hope somebody's, if, if, if somebody's watching, I need you to put that in the comment box. Uh, my level of surety in my faith is concerned when the Lord comes in covenant with my confession of faith. I need God to come in covenant with my confession of faith. Therefore, the question we got to ask ourselves is, 
How do we ensure that the Lord comes in covenant with our confession of faith? How can we be confident that the Lord serves as our surety or, or our guarantee for what we're standing on faith for? Uh, that's a critical question we got to ask ourselves. And why is this so significant? Because faith that, that is not dependent on Christ as our surety is dead. If I walk in faith and God in Christ does not come in, in co covenant with my confession of faith, that faith is dead. I need Christ to serve as my surety. There will be no fruit of your faith and there will be no fulfillment of your faith when Christ is not the surety. And here is where we find James in our foundational text this morning, admonishing believers to not declare death over their faith. And I know y'all may not like this, but many of us have, as, as believers have declared death over our faith because Christ is not the surety of our faith. And here's a sad commentary. We've ensured death over our faith. But Christ was never the surety of our faith. What do I mean? We waiting in faith concerning things that the Lord has not come in covenant with. Many of us are waiting for God in faith for things that the Lord has not come in covenant with. Uh, that, that, that's a dead faith. Many of us are hoping in things that the Lord has not come in covenant with. That's a dead faith. The Lord has to come in covenant with my confession of faith. And this morning I want to ensure that our declarations of faith are not dead but they are dependent upon Christ. I believe Jesus, I believe James provides us wisdom as to how ensure that Christ serves as the surety in our faith. And my prayer is that we glean from this wisdom this morning. So here's what I want to do. I want us to examine our text. I want us to look at verse number 19. Notice what verse number 19 says in our text. You believe that there is one God, and you do well. I want us to stop there. When Christ steps in, he only steps in when we stand on his word. I, I hope y'all just caught what I just said. Christ will step in on our faith when we stand on his word. On the most basic level, if we desire to see the fulfillment of our faith, then we must come in agreement with his word. Here's my first point. I've got to be in agreement with his word. If I want Christ to be the surety in my faith, I've got to come in agreement with his word. Somebody put that in the comment box. Christ has to come in agreement. I have to come in agreement with his word because he ensures our faith when we can be sure of his word and this is why James says that we do well when we believe there is one God and this phrase do well is translated in the Greek to mean commendable or well enough or even more this word you do well means just enough uh, because coming into agreement with the Lord's word is the least you can do and I there's a sad commentary we got folk that don't even believe his word you call yourself a believer and you don't believe his word. You might as well not move in faith if you're unwilling to follow his word. Watch what James says. James goes on in verse 19 to say, even the demons believe and tremble. What am I trying to say? There are demons that have more reverence for God's word than his so-called disciples. Oh, did y'all hear what I just said? Some demons believe God's word more than you do. Believe in God for money, but you don't believe his word. Believe in God for marriage, but you don't believe his word. Believe in God to move on your behalf, but you don't believe his word. Even the demons believe. Oh, somebody needs to check their faith this morning. Y'all got demons believing God's word more than you do. 
As a reminder, we learned earlier in this series that authentic faith is always preceded by a word. I, I, listen, listen, here's what I'm trying to say. I never move in faith without a word from God. And the reason why many people get defeated in their faith is because they move in faith without a word from God. So I know that if I'm going to walk into authentic, authentic faith, I've got to receive a word from God. And if I'm going to receive a word from God to move by faith, I might as well believe the word. Somebody say believe it word. Uh, so that means if it is his word that bursts our faith, then it must be our belief in that word that will fulfill our faith. And the reason why many of the things that we're waiting in faith for to be made manifest is many of us do not believe his word. Oh, I've got to come in agreement with his word. Have you come in agreement with his word concerning your faith? This is why throughout the gospels, before the Lord would move as a result of their act of faith, he would ask you, do you believe? Some, somebody, Jesus is asking you this morning, do you believe? Jesus asked the two blind men in Matthew 9, 28, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Jesus asked the man that the Pharisees demissed in John 9, 35, do you believe in the son of God? And Jesus asked his own disciples, his disciples in John 16, 31, do you now believe? That means if we desire for Jesus to be the surety in our faith, the critical question that we have to ask ourselves is, do I believe? Somebody put that in the comment box. Do I believe? In other words, do I have confidence in his word concerning me? And here's a problem with a lot of believers. We have confidence in his word concerning somebody else, but we don't have confidence in his word concerning me. If I'm going to read the book, if I'm going to declare his word over my life, I'm going to believe his word concerning me. I got, I, I, I've got to believe because Christ won't fulfill what you're asking him for until you come in agreement with his word. Oh, somebody needs to come in agreement with his word. Maybe the hold up on what you're looking and seeking God for in faith is because you have yet to come in agreement with his word. And watch this. Why is coming into agreement with the Lord's word so significant to ensuring that Christ is the surety of our faith? I believe for those of us who are in the sanctuary, it's on our screens. Look at John chapter one, verse one. John chapter one, verse one. For those that are watching, John chapter one, verse one, uh, put that down. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, God, was with God. And watch this, here's the good news, and the word was God. This means when we come into agreement with his word, and ultimately, we come in agreement with him. Did y'all hear what I just said? When I come into agreement with God's word, ultimately, I come into agreement with him. And here's the good news when we come in agreement with him. He's faithful to fulfill our faith. Notice this. Verse number 14 of John, John 1. Uh, it, it's on your screens for those who are, of us who are here. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When we, we have to believe that at some point our faith will become flesh. Oh, that's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else, but I've got to get myself in a posture that I believe at some point that my faith will become flesh. Coming into agreement with, with his word is when we have confidence that what we believe will ultimately be birth and that what we have faith in will ultimately become flesh. God will fulfill it when we come in agreement with his word. Are you in agreement with his word? If God spoke it, do you believe it? We got too many folk that God has spoke a thing over their life, but yet we have failed to come in agreement with his word. 
Here's the first thing I want you to know. If I want Christ to come in covenant with my confession of faith, I've got to come in, a, in, in agreement with his word, in agreement with his word. Now, let's look at verse number 20. I hope y'all getting something this morning. Watch what the Bible says. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? My former pastor said it this way. What you're working on should look like what you're waiting on. Did y'all hear what I just said? My, my, my former pastor said, whatever you're working on should look like what you're waiting on. In other words, the surety in our faith requires that we are active with his works. My second thing is, if I want Christ to be the surety in my faith, I've got to be active with his works. Because your declaration of faith always, watch this, comes with directions from the Father. You, you're not going to walk in faith. If you walk in faith without directions from the Father, you're walking in vain. Uh, th th it comes with directions. It, it comes with directions. This means, watch this. If you have faith for reconciliation, God will call, give you instructions on how to be in a relationship. Did y'all hear what I just said? God's going to give me instructions. Somebody say, God's going to give me instructions. If you have faith for your healing, God will give you instructions on how to improve your health. Y'all don't like this because this ain't deep enough for y'all. He's going to give you instructions. And if you have faith for a spouse, God will give you instructions on how to sacrifice. God ain't going to tell you that you're going to have you a boo and marry somebody and you still yet don't know how to sacrifice. Uh, we need to stop trying to be so deep because God ain't going to reconcile if you still nasty in relationships. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can have faith all you want, but if you have not followed his instructions to not be nasty in relationships, God will not be, serve as the surety in your faith. Oh, y'all don't like that because that ain't deep enough. God ain't going to heal you from high blood pressure and you still eating fried everything. You know you got folk that's believing God to heal them from high blood pressure and you still eating anything you want? No, God's not going to do that. I'm sorry to tell you, God ain't going to give you no spouse and you still selfish. You need to follow instructions from the Father if you want your faith to be fulfilled. And here's the problem with a lot of so-called believers. We love to come to the altar. We love for somebody to prophesy in our life. We love for people to say this and that. Then I move in faith. I sow a seed and I never listen for instructions from the Father. And watch this. We're never active in works. And Christ said, I won't come in surety with that kind of faith because you're not active. Watch this. In his works. Notice what our foundational text says. It says, oh foolish man. That means you're not deep, you're just a fool. Because faith requires you to follow instructions. Because hear this, an inevitable faith cannot be an inactive faith. Did y'all hear what I just If I want my faith to be made manifest, my faith cannot be inactive. What are you working on? Uh, ask your neighbor, what are you working on? All right, notice this. It's his instructions, not yours. That, that's the critical thing. It's his instructions, not yours. Uh, herein lies one of the problems with many believers is they attempt to manifest the fulfillment of their faith through their means and not his. Oh, somebody say the devil is a lie. Uh, we move in faith as those did in Judges 17, 6. Everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. And here it is. The work of your faith that you do according to your eyes will never end well. The work of your faith that you do according to your eyes will never end well. 
I hope y'all stand with me. Consider what the Lord told Moses when the children of Israel needed water in Numbers 20, verse 7 through 8. It's on your screen. Notice this. Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 through 8. Notice what the text says. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take the rod. You and your brother Aaron gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. I want y'all to see that the Bible says, the Lord said. Somebody say, the Lord spoke. And it said, thus you shall bring water from them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. The Lord gave Moses instructions. So Moses moved in faith according to the instructions from the father. But notice this, he chose to follow his own instructions. Watch verses 11 through 12. It's on the next slide. The Bible says that Moses lifted up his hand. And struck the rock twice. And with his rod and water came out abundantly. God ain't never tell you to strike no rock. And the congregation and the animals drank. Ah, but watch this. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land of which I have given them. Because Moses operated as a fool. Many of us say we believe God by faith and we want to manifest it by our own means. We know that we want to reconcile with our spouse, but we going to think that we're going to strong arm our spouse into reconciling with us. Somebody say the devil is a lie. But we want God to manifest provision in our life. And we say, yeah, before I receive instructions, I'm going to get by three, four additional jobs and you run yourself ragged. Uh, we try to follow our own instructions. And the faith that we put God in, we're never active in his works. If we desire for Christ to come in covenant with our confession of faith, then we must be active in his works according to his instructions. Then the Lord will be our surety in faith. I've got to make sure that before I operate in faith, if God gave me a word, I've got to wait on God to give me instructions. Because the only way that I'm sure that Christ with the surety of my faith is when I follow his instructions. So here's what I said. We've got to come in agreement with his word. We've got to be active in his works. And now let's look at verse number 22. And I'm going to be out your way. Verse number 22 says this. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works and on faith was made perfect. Here's what I'm trying to say. The double-minded believer is always defeated in their faith. I, I can't, somebody say, I can't be double-minded. No, notice this phrase in our foundational text. The Bible says, faith was working together with his works. And it's important to note that the Greek translation of working together in our text is where we get our English word synergy from. Even more, it's more likened to this word symmetry. Somebody say symmetry. So this phrase in our text is better understood as faith, watch this, working in symmetry with our flesh. Y'all don't like that. Why is this significant? Because we have surety in our faith when our flesh responds to my faith. And many times the reason why Christ can't come in covenant with our confession of faith is because our flesh is never subject to our faith. Oh, I hope y'all stand with me. Many of y'all make y'all faith subject to your flesh. Oh, stay with me. We, what, what do I mean? 
We allow the interjections of men to dictate our faith. When somebody say, no, I don't know about that one. We allow the interjections of men to dictate our faith. We, we allow the issues of life to dictate our faith. I believe God today, but when it don't look good the next day, it dictates my faith. And we even allow, watch this, the inconsistency of, inconsistencies of our emotions to dictate our faith. I feel good today so I can walk in faith. But today I'm a little bit down, so no, I'm not going to believe God. Somebody say, my faith has to come um, make my flesh subject. Uh, say, say it with me. My faith has to make my flesh subject. Huh? Watch this. Rather than allowing our flesh to work in symmetry with our faith, better yet, our flesh is subject to our faith. What do I mean? If our faith is unmoved, so should our flesh. If, I, if I'm going to stand on faith, God says, if your faith should be unmovable, so should your flesh. If your faith is unwavering, so should our flesh. And if our faith is unbothered, so should our flesh. Because Jesus comes in covenant with our confession of faith when our flesh is subject to our faith and not when our faith is subject to our flesh. Therefore, if we want the surety of Christ in our faith, We've got to ask ourselves, is my flesh subject to my faith? Uh, my, listen, Paul says something really critical because I want to make sure y'all understand what I'm trying to say. We've got to be like Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. He said that I beat my flesh into subjection. So if I'm going to believe God, my flesh needs to line up with that belief. If I'm going to walk in faith concerning this, my flesh needs to line up. Because many of y'all allow your flesh to get in the way of what you're believing God for. And Christ says, watch this. The Bible says, let no flesh glory in my presence. So if my flesh is taking precedence over my faith, Christ can't be in it. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. The reason why many of us are still waiting in this so-called level of faith is because our faith has become subject to our flesh. My flesh has to align with my faith. And here's what I ain't even tell y'all the third point. The third point is that it, there has to be this alignment to his will. Uh, alignment to his will. Uh, notice this. Watch what James warns believers with these words just a chapter earlier. In James chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. Notice this, James chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. The Bible says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven, tossed by the wind. For let not that man, watch this, suppose that he will receive anything from God. If our faith and flesh are not working in symmetry, watch this, we will never receive anything from God. I've got to beat my flesh into subjection. And this includes his surety in our faith. Therefore, both our faith and our flesh must find themselves in alignment with his will. I think this is one of the most difficult things to do as believers. Because life will always, this is why you got some crazy folk that, that just say they losing their mind because Trump ain't their president. Listen, you are not a true believer. Because I don't care what's going on in the world. If my faith is in God and God alone. I'm going to tell my flesh to line up with it. Right. I've got my, I have to be in alignment with his will. Somebody say symmetry. symmetry. 
Symmetry, symmetry. Here, so hear this. No believer wants to stand on faith in vain. No believer wants to seek in faith in vain. And no believer wants to submit by faith in vain. And believers, despite, watch this, desire a surety in our faith, a guarantee. If I'm, listen, if I'm going to move by faith, I want to make sure that is guaranteed. And Christ says, I, I'll serve as your surety. I want to see what I'm hoping for. And the good news is Christ will serve as our surety. He bears, watch this, responsibility for the fulfillment of our faith. Uh, we're not in this journey alone. Yet if we want Christ to be our surety, we've got to come. He has to come in covenant with our confession of faith. It requires agreement with his word. Somebody has to agree with. Don't allow God to speak something over your life and you don't come in agreement with it. Listen, many times the reason why it's so difficult for us to come in agreement with his word, because it looks so impossible. Many times what we're believing God for looks so impossible. But the first thing I got to do is say, God, I believe you. I've got to come in agreement with his word. Because when I come in agreement with his word, I come in agreement with him. And at some point, my faith will become flesh. I got to be active with his works. God ain't going to give you a word without giving you instructions. I've got to be sensitive to his voice. And I've got to follow his voice. And watch this. I've got to come in alignment with his will. I don't want to find myself like Moses, double-minded. But I want to make sure that if God, God says it, that I'm going to make my flesh get in alignment with my faith. Uh, that it requires that. But watch this. I believe beyond the fulfillment of our faith, the Lord does something even greater when he comes in co covenant with the confession of our faith. Here's this last thing I want you to look at. Look at verses 23 through 24. It's on the screen for those who are in the sanctuary. That's what the Bible says. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed and God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Uh, I want to stop right there. Uh, not only was the word fulfilled concerning Abraham, but he watches, he received the fruit of righteousness. God even called him friend. Uh, when, in other words, when Christ comes in covenant with our confession of faith, we receive our abundance in waiting. Did y'all hear what I just said? Abraham was on a journey of faith to become the father of many nations. And notice what the Bible says. It was accounted to him righteousness. I, I just wanted to be the father of many nations. And then the Bible says I, that God called him friend. God will give you stuff that you didn't even ask for when he comes in co covenant with your confession of faith. Oh, that's good news to me. I don't know about nobody else. But God says, I will give you an abundance for your waiting. When Christ says, I'll come in covenant, in agreement, that the very thing that you're believing God for, I'll come in covenant with it. And God says, watch this, I'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. Oh, that's good news. When Christ can be the surety in our faith. I want to pray for somebody this morning. Somebody that's waiting in faith. Somebody that's been waiting and struggling with what they're waiting on God for. Christ says he'll come in covenant with our confession of faith. But it requires much. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that we have a surety like none other.
God, some people will sign as a guarantor on loans and be gone the next day. God, we can't be confident in some folk to be faithful, God, to our faith. We can't be confident in some folk, God, to fulfill our faith. But what we can be confident in is you. Thank you, God, that you, your son is the surety of our faith. God, he has all power in his hands. He's a promise keeper. God, he's full of provision. And Father, for that reason, God, we need Christ to come in covenant with our confession of faith. God, there's some believers that are watching even now, some, some of us in this sanctuary. God, that need our faith to at some point become flesh. God, we want what we're believing you for to be birth. And therefore, God, we need Christ to be the surety in our faith. God, I'm praying for the believer that's struggling to believe your word. God, we know that you said you'll reconcile our relationship, but it's too hard for us to believe. God, we know, God, that you said you'll heal us, but God, the diagnosis is just simply too much to fathom. God, we believe, God, that you'll make a, a way out of no way. But God, my debt and our debt is stacking up too high. God, despite the circumstances, despite what we see in the natural, cause us to come in agreement with your word. Father, your word declares, God, that your, the grass may wither and the flowers may fade, but your word stands forever. God, let us come in agreement with that word. Father John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God, you will not deny yourself. And God, whatever you spoke it, God, you shall manifest it. So God, help us to come in agreement with your word. It may not look like it, God, but we'll believe your word. God, it may look impossible, God, but we'll believe your word. God, we'll come in agreement with it. And God, I pray, God, that we'll be active in his works. God, we're not just going to be like folk that's going to sow a seed and thank God that things going to manifest for our faith. We're not going to sit idly by thinking that you're going to do all the work. But God, we'll be active in your works. God, we'll be sensitive to your instructions. God, if you said you'll heal us, God, we'll put down that soda. Uh-huh, we don't like that. God, if you said that you're going to reconcile our marriage or our relationship, God, we'll get our attitude together. God, there's some stuff we got to work on for our faith to work for us. I hope somebody just caught that. There's some stuff that I've got to work on for my faith to work for me. God, I'll be active in, this, in your works. And God, I pray that every believer under the sound of my voice will call their flesh to align with, it, with their faith. God, our flesh will no longer dictate our faith. We don't care what man says. Our flesh will line up with our faith. God, we don't care about the issues of life. Our flesh will line up with our faith. God, we don't even care about how our emotions go up and down. God, but our flesh will line up according to our faith. God calls our faith and our flesh to walk in symmetry. That it might be aligned to your will. And God, we thank you, God, that not only did you make Abraham the father of nations, but you called him righteous. You called him friend. God, you gave him an abundance and his waiting. Somebody's waiting on you, God, waiting to their faith, God, to be made manifest. And I thank you, God, that they'll be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work. 
knowing that their labor is not in vain. And God, as they wait, and God, as you manifest their faith, God, you'll give them a level of abundance. You'll give them the stuff, God, that they didn't even ask for. And God, for that, God, we say thank you. You are so kind to us. And God, for that, we say thank you. We love you and adore you. Thank you, God, that Christ is the surety in our faith. And every believer that believed said thank God and amen. Amen. For those of us who are in the sanctuary, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Before I take my seat, there's somebody that may be saying, I'm not even in relationship with God. I, I hear this stuff about faith, but I don't even have faith in this God that you're preaching about. Well, watch this. You're in a good place this morning. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So God says he, he's orchestrated this moment that you might be in faith and in relationship with him. And you say, I want to be in relationship with this God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. I want you to be saved this morning. So if that's you, what am I, what am I believing? What am I confessing? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. In other words, I'm in need of a savior. At some point in my life, this pastor was in need of a savior. I don't care what you think I look like. I don't care what you think my resume was. I was in need of a savior. That means we're all in need of a savior. I had to know that I was a wicked man in need of somebody to save me from my sins. So I made that confession and I believe that with my heart. And then what else am I confessing? The Bible says in John 14, 6, that no man comes to the Father but by me. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If I want life in God, I've got to make sure that Jesus is that Savior. I heard somebody saying, I don't know. I, I, now, listen, I don't know y'all. I know y'all love Steve Harvey. I know y'all listen to him on the morning and on the radio. But I saw this quote where Steve Harvey said, that's probably about 800 ways to God. The devil is alive. There's one way. And Jesus says, I'm that way. So I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what your favorite preacher say. I don't care what your favorite entertainer say. I don't care what they say. There's only one way to God. So not only am I saying that I need a savior, but that savior is Jesus Christ. If you can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, you can be saved. But not only that, I read it this morning. John, James chapter 2 verse 19 says that even the demons believe and tremble. They believe in God, but watch this, they don't follow God. So I'm saying that I believe that I'll allow the Lord to now lord over my life. Whatever he says do, I'll do. Whatever he says to say, I'll say. Whatever he tells me to go, I'll go. I've got to let him lord over my life. I don't want to be like the demons and just believe. But I want Christ the lord over my life. If you can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, you're saved this morning. And I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you. I thank you, God, for the one that has now come. I thank you, God, for the one that had an ur a, a, a urge in their heart to give their life to you. Father, God, your word declares, God, that as it is still today, God, that we should live wisely and walk circumspectly. In other words, God, as long as we have breath in our body, God, as much as it depends on us, we've got to pursue you. This morning, God, one has pursued you. And one has taken hold of you. We thank you for that. God, as your word declares, whomever the father puts in your son's hand, no one can snatch away. Cause them to know, God, that their life is now secure. It's eternally secure. 
And God, for that, God, we say thank you. I pray, God, that you connect them to a local body. Give them a shepherd that can shepherd them. God, give them a local body of believers that can encourage them in this journey. For God, we're never called to do this call, this walk called salvation alone. I thank you now, and I believe it by faith that you are fulfilling in their lives. We thank you, we honor you, and we believe you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. One last thing, there may be somebody who's watching who says, I want to be connected with this local body. I can't wait till the doors of the church fully open because I love to be in the presence of this local assembly. Well, listen, we'd love for you to be in fellowship with us. I'd love to be a pastor. I don't take this call lightly. I consider it a great joy to be a shepherd. And I want to help guide you. I want to help lead you. I want to help protect you from the wiles of the enemy. If you're saying, I want to connect with this local body of believers, I'd love to be your pastor. We'd love to be your local family. So hear this. All you've got to do is send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Or matter of fact, here's the easier way. Inbox us on Facebook. That's where you're watching. Inbox us and somebody will contact you. We'll connect with you. Leave us your contact information. And watch this. I'll probably even give you a call to invite you into this local body. Hear this and I'll say this and I'll take my seats. I'll have Pastor Cole come and benedict us and share a few announcements. I love you. I know that the days seem evil, but I want to encourage you that the Bible says that these are momentary light afflictions. At some point, this season shall pass, and we've got to believe that by faith. I love you and stay encouraged that despite who's our president, despite who's not our president, God is yet in control. Amen. So I pray you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'm going to ask Pastor Cole if he can take us further in the service. Praise the Lord once again for Pastor Keith Babb. We thank God for uh, his life and his message, how God continued to use him week after week. We have been nonstop there. There hasn't been a week that we said, you know what, um, because of life, we're going to stop giving a word to each and every one. Believe me, you may not see this, but things have been going on in his life also, but he, God continues to give him a word. So we thank God even for that. I just want to share with you a couple of quick announcements. Um, we know that kids are back at school. Maybe some were doing e-learning and it didn't work, and now they need to go straight back to the schoolhouse. Brick and mortar, that's what we're talking about for this next semester. But thank God there's still something in the storehouse. God has been blessing the Way Church of Tampa Bay, and we have school supply. Yes, we have school supply for your children. You don't need anything. You just need to come. Next week, about this time, if you pulled up right here to our address, 10029 North Astor Avenue, right here in Tampa, Florida, we will have school supplies for your children until it runs out. But that time will be from noon to 1 p.m. So we want to make sure that you're here and that you're on time. And that is January 31st. Come right out. We'll have school supplies for you and your child. Even if you're still e-learning, it doesn't matter. If you need school supplies, come on out. We have some for you. You know what? Christ, Christ was talking to his disciples, and he said it like this in Luke 18 and 1, that all men ought to pray, and not only not to, they should pray, but not faint. So we're going to continue to do that. We're not going to give up on prayer this year. We ended last year really well in prayer, and we're going to keep on doing that every single month through monthly prayer calls on the first Monday. And the first one is going to be starting on February 1st at 7 p.m., and we'll give you all the details in the email at the way. All right, next, we also have our new semester or poor group starting. 
Now, we, one of the things that Pastor Keith wants us to know, beginning in February, we'll kick off this new semester. Our new study is centered around de- dealing with and defeating anxiety. I'm not the only one. Somebody say that's good. And so when we're dealing with anxiety, we want to be on the lookout for communication from our poor group leaders. And for the start of February, where we'll be dealing with that. You want to be involved. If you're not connected with a poor group, guess what? We can get you connected. If you can email us at churchoffice@waytampabay.org, and we'll make sure we'll get you connected into one of the poor groups. And my last announcement uh, was continue to keep on praying and watching over this sermon series as Pastor Keith continues on talking about faith. Right now, before we log off and we just got a couple minutes left, we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to give. If you haven't given already, and I know some of you have, here's your different ways you can. So regardless if you're watching as a rebroadcast or if you're watching this live, there's three, there's four different ways you can give. If you're in a sanctuary, you can give in person through the offering envelopes. There should be some in your chair. And if not, we'll raise your hand and we'll get them to you through our website. So if you just go ahead and go to our website, you can click on the giving button in the top right hand corner and you can securely give on there. You know what? There's another way. I love this way. It's very easy. It's called Cash App. And that's simply the dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. That is the Way Church of TB if you want to give through Cash App. And last but not least, I love it. This is mainly for our boomers. You can give through the mail through P.O. Box 28003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. Once again, if you want to mail your offering in, it's at P.O. Box 28003. Tampa, Florida, 33682. You know what? We love you. We miss you. Uh, for, for every person that feels safe enough to come into the sanctuary, we thank God for you and all the safety precautions that we're pushing everybody through. But it's only so that we may remain. And so we thank you for every person that is still tuning in. God, I saw the stream today. I thank God for everybody that was logged in and not just logged in, but that stayed on. We thank you. And until next week, we love you in Jesus' name. Can you bow your head and close your eyes with me? It, it, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you right now that our ears were open enough to receive and that our faith was increased on today. Because your word said faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we thank you, God, that we heard on today and our faith was increased. God, continue to cover each and every person of the way friends of the way, people that accidentally fell into this stream, cover them, God. Show them what they need and that it's in your will. We thank you for everything that you've already done. We worship you once again and we never stop. Be in the presence of our household, in the presence of our jobs, be with our kids. We thank you even right now, God, for the anointing that has fallen on this house that it may lay on every house. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Until next week, we love you. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.